according to Luke. Today is December the 19th, so we would be reading the 19th chapter of Luke. I want us today to go back to the very first chapter, to what we read on December the 1st, Luke chapter 1. But before I go into that portion of Scripture, I want to talk about a popular Christmas song. The song that I'm referring to was one of the few Christmas songs that, or I should say Christmas classics, that has been written in the last few decades. Mark Lowry wrote the lyrics to this song in 1984, and it was seven years later that Mark Lowry contacted Buddy Green, and Buddy Green set the lyrics to music. The song was well-received. It's loved by many. It's been sang by Michael English, Kenny Rogers, Kathleen Battle, Clay Aiken, Rascal Flatts, Reba McIntyre, Jeremy Camp, Cutlass, and many others. And it's even been sung at the White House. Elijah Overman has sung this song that I'm talking about right here at Crossroads. Yeah, you've probably figured it out, but now the song title is Mary, Did You Know? Consider the lyrics with me for just a moment, just a few of them, three of the verses. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? This child that you delivered will soon deliver you. Next verse, Mary, did you know that your baby boy will give sight to a blind man? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will calm the wind, excuse me, calm the storm with his hand? Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod? When you kiss your little baby, you kiss the face of God. Mary, did you know? <clears throat> One more stanza let's share together. Mary, did you know that your baby boy is Lord of all creation? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day rule the nations? Did you know that your baby boy is heaven's perfect lamb? The sleeping child you're holding is the great I am. The song asks a question. The song doesn't actually answer the question, but leaves the listener to ponder the matter and to ponder the answer to the question. Look with me in Luke chapter 1. Here we have a record of the angel of the Lord visiting Zechariah to let him know that he and his wife Elizabeth would give birth to John the Baptist. John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And then we find in this same chapter, six months later, the angel Gabriel visits Mary 
and lets her know that she was going to bring the Messiah into this world. In this same chapter, a few days later, Mary goes to her cousin, her cousin Elizabeth's home and stays with her three months. And, up, and upon arriving to the home of Zechariah and Elizabeth, Mary greeted Elizabeth. And a wonderful spiritual experience takes place. We'll pick this up in the 39th verse of Luke 1. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where, where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. And at the sound of Elizabeth's greeting, Elizabeth's child, who's about six, uh, Mary, uh, Elizabeth's about six months uh, pregnant right now, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. And what an awesome experience Elizabeth had at that very moment. And after that event, Mary then uttered some of the most powerful words about God and about Jesus Christ and about what God was going to do. Verses 46 through 55 are now referred to as the Song of Mary. Now, the Song of Mary is not uh, a textual biblical term. It's a term that uh, has been ascribed to these verses, uh, verses 46 through 55, similar to what uh, we've, uh, in Matthew 5, we call that the Beatitudes. Well, you know, the Scripture itself doesn't say, here's the Beatitudes, it's just something that we've assigned uh, to it to identify it. And I say we, I mean, you know, Christendom as a whole. But let me draw your attention first to verse 49. This is where we pulled our Christmas theme and where I pull my title for this message today. Verse 49, for the mighty one is holy and he has done great things for me. This was a part of Mary's song. It was a part of the words of prophecy that she spoke. He is here, the mighty one, is what we have themed this service today. He is here, the mighty one. I have come to tell you today that the mighty one is still here in 2021. Now, now I don't have time to dissect every verse uh, in this uh, in Mary's song, but I just want to share with you a few thoughts. And I want you to pick up on a, a, a little bit of what Mary said here. Let me pull out verse 47 for just a second. She says, How my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. God, my Savior. What was it that the angel told Joseph about three months earlier? Or actually, no, no, not three months earlier. I'm getting my timeline messed up. Just actually, probably just a few days earlier. I'm sure by now, Joseph has shared this with Mary because Joseph was in a big, uh, was in a big, big conundrum of what to do. This woman 
young lady that he's engaged to now is pregnant. And the angel of the Lord came to Joseph and confirmed that what was happening in Mary's life was nothing other than the act and the work of God. But what did he tell Joseph? Which I am convinced that Joseph has shared with Mary by this time. In Matthew uh, chapter 1 verse 21, she shall bear a son and you will call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from, his sin, from their sins. Jesus, the name, the name itself, the name Jesus means Jehovah has become salvation. Jehovah has become salvation. No, no wonder that Mary started out her prophecy, her song of prophecy, by saying, God, my Savior, he has become salvation. What's happening in my body is going to change the world. What's happening in my body is going to change me and change my family and change everything forever. The 46th. The 47th and the 48th verses reflect what the birth of Jesus means to, to Mary. Uh, verse 46, oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he took notice of this lowly servant girl. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy and he has done great things for me. But then beginning in verse 50 and running through the next six verses, through verse 55, she begins to enumerate what the birth of this child is going to mean to Israel and to the world. Verse 50, he shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. He shows mercy. That same God that she's talking about that came as a baby born of Mary. Today, he's still here today showing mercy. I'm not asking you to worship and to think about a God of vengeance and anger and a God that wants to destroy, but I'm talking about a God that loves you. I'm talking about one that knows how to show mercy and that loves mercy and that has great mercy for you regardless of what circumstance you're in, even if you've created your own mess. You know, sometimes things come upon us and we had no part in them. They just, it just happened. It's, that's the way life is sometimes. Then there are those things that come upon us that we've created. We've made a mess of things. And I have found that even when I've made a mess of things, even when I've created my own mess, he's merciful. His mercy endureth forever. His mercy is great. She went on to say in verse 51, His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. His mighty arm. Oh, I, I want to just focus 
a moment on that mighty arm has done tremendous things. Just as he did then, so is it now. His mighty arm is doing tremendous things in people's lives today. Don't overlook that. Don't think that he can't help you. Don't think that it can't be a part of your life. I've come to tell you today that his mighty arm is still reaching for people to help them this very day. Verse 52, he brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. Exalted the humble. Humble yourself before God. God hates pride. People hate pride. Have you ever noticed that? You get around people that are prideful and it's just kind of like, okay, I need to go someplace else. I need to be with somebody else. There's too much pride in this room. Humble yourself. God blesses humility. God lifts the humble up. God, you know, he, the God of glory, came as a man. And the Bible says he humbled himself. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even the death of a cross. Verse 54, or verse 53. I love this. He has filled the hungry with good things. He has filled the hungry with good things. This, this Messiah that's going to come is going to help the hungry. And he did. Look at his life. Several times he took a few fish and a few loaves of bread and broke it and multiplied it and fed thousands. But not only that, the people that were hungry for truth, he filled them with truth. The people that were hungry for God, he filled them with the presence of God. The people that were hungry for, for things uh, that uh, pertain to eternal life, he brought that, and he does that same thing today. He still fills the hungry. He provides for people that need provisions. He provides for people that need the basic things of life. He provides many blessings on top of that. But the biggest thing that he does, he fills those that are hungry for him and hungry for truth and hungry for his presence. He fills them over and over and over again. In verse 54, and he has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. There that is again. Merciful. Merciful. I don't, know, I don't know how it is and where it is that so many people have focused in on a God of judgment, a God of fire and brimstone. Oh, don't get me wrong. I'm not discounting the day of judgment. I'm not discounting the fact that, uh, that God one day will judge the earth and that every person will be judged of God. I'm not discounting that at all. But I'm telling you that as you sit here today, God's attribute in your life and God's main reach in your life is not a God of judgment, but it is a God of mercy. And it's a God of love. And it's a God that cares for you. He remembered to be merciful. Verse 55, for he made his promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his children forever. His promise forever. His promise is forever. You see, this is not just empty words. 
on the pages of Luke, the first chapter. But this is what he offers to you today. This is how he can help you. This is what he, he wants to do for you. And I challenge you, open your heart to everything that he has for you this Christmas season. This Christmas, 2021, open your heart to everything he has, everything that he wants to do, every way that he wants to lead you, every, every moment that he wants to touch you. Be present, be in it, be there. Let me take a moment and share with you the words of Isaiah the prophet that Jesus quoted about himself in the synagogue at Nazareth, going to Luke chapter 4 and verse 16. And he came to Nazareth, excuse me, Nazareth. He came to Nazareth where he was brought up. And it was his custom. He went into the synagogue, excuse me, into the, yeah, into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And he stood up to read. And the scroll of Isaiah the prophet was given to him, and he unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now, Isaiah prophesied this about the Messiah. And here is the Messiah standing in the synagogue, the Jewish synagogue at Nazareth, Nazareth saying, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Didn't Mary say something about the fact that he was going to fill the hungry with good things? Exalt the humble. He sent me to proclaim liberties to the captives. Liberty to the captives, the strong arm of God, and recovering of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I know this prophecy doesn't mirror exactly Mary's prophecy, but the theme is there. That same theme of being strong and helping the poor and helping those that are hungry and, and deliverance, that same theme is there. And so as I read this and as I thought about what Jesus said about himself, and this was early in his ministry as he was getting started, and I read then what Mary prophesied in Mary's song about the Messiah, I go back to that question that we started with. Mary, did you know? Maybe the songwriter chose not to answer the question in his song. But when I look at Mary's song in Luke chapter 1, I answer the question, yes, Mary knew. Mary knew. While she was pregnant with this child, months and months before it was born, she spoke those words that we, that we mentioned today. She knew. She knew without a doubt that this man was going to be a man of power and might. Maybe she didn't know every detail. Maybe she didn't know how many lepers he would heal. She didn't know perhaps how many blind eyes he would open. Maybe she didn't know every place that he would go and everybody he would have an impact, an impact upon. But she knew. She knew that what was going on in her 
life, this baby that was going to be born was going to be the Savior of the world. She knew. But in this Christmas season, 2021, the most important question today is not, did Mary know? But the most important question today is, do you know? Do you know that Jesus is your salvation? Do you know that Jesus is your Savior? Do you know that his mighty arm is here today to help you? Do you know that he's here to encourage you? Stand with me if you would. Do you know today that, yes, he wants to be your friend? Do you know that he is here today so that you can have an ongoing, daily, personal relationship with him? So I challenge you today as I come to the last of this message, I challenge you to do whatever you need to do in this Christmas season to strengthen your relationship with Jesus Christ. Wherever, whatever that may be, whether you need to repent, whether you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus, whether you need His Spirit to fill you, whether you need to draw closer to Him, whether you need to recommit some areas of your life, whether you need to spend a little more time with Him, whatever you need, wherever you're at, everyone in this room is in a different place in their relationship with Jesus Christ. But this Christmas, let's decide that we're going to make the best of this celebration it's not just about Christmas and it's not about lights and it's not just about trees and it's not just about all the decorations and it's not even just all about the family coming together. But in your heart, there's going to be a special place and a special time where that relationship that you have with Jesus Christ is going to be strengthened. It's going to grow. It's going to be stronger. Because you make that choice and you make that decision to do that. Would you bow your heads? Jesus, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your touch in this place today. As the word of God has gone.